Welcome! You're listening to audio of Bible teaching from Island Community Church in downtown Memphis, Tennessee. At ICC, we are being transformed by Jesus to impact our world. Wherever you are as you listen today, we want you to know that we love and appreciate you. We're so glad you're here. We hope today's message will help you grow in relationship with Jesus. You can access more gospel resources and ways to connect with our church at iccmemphis.com. Thanks again for joining us. Well, welcome everybody. Good morning. Uh, Wow. Wow. What a start to go month. My name is Matthew. This is Tommy. Um, We are excited to kick off go month today and um, it is just going to be really exciting. So Tommy, if anything, it's just going to be a lot of fun for us. Yeah, I'm excited. So just to remind you, uh, Barrett, our lead pastor, he is uh, on sabbatical and just want to encourage you to continue praying for him and his family as he spends this season of just a time of rest and restoration for him. And I am so excited uh, in the coming coming weeks, uh, we'll be seeing Barrett again and um, it's going to be a really beautiful time. But every January, you're probably wondering, what is Go Month, if this is your first Go Month? Every January at ICC, we like to spend time to focus on who God is and God's heart for all peoples to know Him and to worship Him, okay? One of our core measures here at ICC, we, we say that we believe we have a clear calling. I think this is going to be on the screen. We have a clear calling to be actively involved in seeing the gospel spread and churches planted at home and around the world, okay? So you may hear some comments sometimes, uh, you know, like there's so much going on in Memphis. There's so much going on in America. Like why, why, why are we spending a whole month talking about going to the nations? And what we like to say is that we believe that there's a clear calling in scripture that it's not either home or to the nations or around the world, but it's, a, it's both and. It's both at home and around the world. And one, one thing I like to explain about Go Month too, Tommy, that I think is pretty funny, but... Um, I'm not funny, that's not the word, but um, it's like we spent a month focusing on going to all people, all the nations, right? And as if, I think sometimes it can be perceived as it's only important like one month out of the year and like the other 11 months, we're just like doing our common thing. No, it is so important to like the heart of God. If we truly, if we truly call ourselves like Christians, like followers of Christ, and we say that we know God, then we should know that his heart for all people to know, uh, to know him and to worship him. So it is so important that we spend a month to focus on it for the rest of the year. And so, and it should be a part of our DNA. Um, But I'm really excited. Our theme this year is global God, global vision, global Christian. And uh, today, Tommy and I have the privilege to talk about the global God. Who is the global God? Real quick, our core truth today, we'll go ahead and read this. You can write this down. I encourage you to take notes. Um, We're going to be throwing a lot of material, a lot of scripture at you today. A a lot. A lot. And I encourage you, try not to, you know, you don't have to like jot down every single note, but just write down references. But our core truth today, I would encourage you to write it down. There is a global thread running throughout all of scripture, revealing the big picture of God's story. Here's the big picture. That the nations know the Lord and be glad in him. I'll say it again, just to give you time to write it down. Our core truth, there is a global thread running throughout all of scripture revealing the big picture of God's story, that the nations know the Lord and be glad in Him. This core truth is not something that we at ICC just created in our minds and thought it just sounded cool. Me and Tommy didn't just sit down and think, oh, this sounds cool. No, we get this from Scripture, 
Okay, so Psalm 67, we're going to be going through a lot of scripture today, but our core passage that, we're, that, ha, that has everything in it right there in Psalm 67, verse 1, uh, a very common uh, passage of scripture that we like to uh, read a lot, maybe in quote a lot. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. What a beautiful prayer, Tommy. Why? That's going to be our question today. That your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Next slide. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. We just sang that song. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. We're going to dig more into this scripture later, but this is our core passage. We're seeing that God desires people to know him, all the nations, all the people, not just his people of Israel, not just us in America, not just us in this room all people, all nations, and he desires that they be glad in him to worship. So our core truth, one more time, just to reiterate it, give you one last chance to write it down. There's a global thread running throughout all of scripture, revealing the big picture of God's story, that the nations know the Lord and be glad in him. Yeah. So we're going to move from there into uh, that first part of that, where we're going to talk about God's desire to be known by the nations. So first of all, we have to define what, is, what, is, what do we mean by nations, right? The nations. Well, biblically speaking, it could be that David went into this last, last year. I'm yeah. not a Greek scholar, so I don't go into it. Okay. But it basically just represents uh, all people. That's where, <laughs> that's the, if you want to sum it up, the point is it is from every tribe, every tongue, every nation. But ultimately, all people are included yeah. in this knowing God. And what do we mean, what do we mean by knowing God? Uh, when we say that our core truth is to, uh, for people to know the Lord. Well, we got different things here. Uh, know about God, right? So first of all, know that he exists. Know that he is the one true God, all right? Also know his works and his deeds. Um, and then from that, know his attributes, his character. And then the really important part of working from this is knowing who God is in relation to us, yeah. right? So like, we're not God, right? God is God and we're not God. And then knowing who he is and uh, who he is in relation to us. And we've, as we've sung this morning, we, we see that dynamic played out in our worship songs, right? And then ultimately, to know God experientially. If you were here last week, Mitchell talked about this, just the, our, our desire is to have the manifest presence of God with us. So to know him experientially. And then by global God, we derive from that 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 means that God desires the whole world to know him uh, in these ways, right? Not just know about his existence, but to know him, know him. Um, God invites uh, all of us into a relationship with him. That's the awesome part. So there's this global thread running throughout scripture that reveals that the nations know the Lord and that they're glad in him. That's a great song. I love that. Let the nations be glad. So today we're gonna run through the Old Testament, uh, rather quickly. Yeah, buckle uh, up. Yeah. yeah. And you're not going to get as much scripture as you got last year, but, well, you might, <laughs> you might <laughs> the count might be up there. So right. we're going to do a 30,000-foot view of scripture, of this big picture. And then uh, we're not going to be in all the Old Testament books, so that's a real bit of a relief, I guess. Uh, I do encourage you to take notes and just trust that the scripture that's up here is the scripture that we pulled straight out of our Bible. Yeah. Okay, it's not, a, 
It's not the message or anything. So, um, we are, so I encourage you to just write down the references, take some notes, and then um, we're going to get into yeah, it. I, yeah, just to, just to reiterate that, you know, whether you're at home online, first off, welcome. I forgot to even welcome you this morning. Welcome and join us. I know it's a snowy morning. Um, or whether you are here in the building, um, just jot down some of the references that we're going to be talking about, and we're going to roll through okay. some of the scripture. Let's go. So, ready? You guys ready? Yeah. Everybody ready? Okay. All right. So most times in our conversation, when we're talking about taking the gospel to the nations, we, you know, we think that's a New Testament idea. We start in the New Testament, Matthew 28, Great right, Commission, yeah, Acts Great Commission, 1-8. Acts 1-8. Um, yeah. But this conversation actually begins in Genesis. You, you could say it begins like in the beginning, God created the world, right? But we're going to start in Genesis 12. Yeah. Um, and we, in Genesis 12, we have a, a very familiar story about um, Abraham. And God's relationship with Abraham. God comes to him and says, you know, I'm, I'm going to enter into this relationship with you. I, uh, I, I promise to bless you. Uh, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. I'm going to make your name great. He says it here. I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. For why? That's going to be our question today. If you wow. just want to write that down, it's going to be repeated over and over. Why? That you will be a blessing. And in all you, in you, all the na- uh, families of the earth will be blessed, right? Yeah. So, from the, Abra- from, the, from the start, Abraham was blessed in order for that blessing to go out, yeah. for that blessing to be received uh, among the nations. And then what's really cool about this, and you could kind of derive this from our songs this morning, is that that blessing, that full fulfillment of that promise um, really came true in, in Jesus Christ, yeah. right? So this passage bridges Old Testament and New Testament so that in the New Testament, we see that that is the full blessing of, uh, of Abraham. Yeah. So if you wanna to go to that next scripture, that's in Galatians 3, we see that says, and the scripture, we're talking about Old Testament, talking about Genesis 12, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles. Anytime you read the word Gentiles in the New Testament, just go ahead and replace that with nations, okay? Yeah. All peoples, because it's anybody who's not an Israelite. So he would justify the nations, the Gentiles, by faith, preach the what? The gospel, right? So the gospel's in the Old Testament. Preach the gospel beforehand to who? Abraham, saying, in you shall all the nations be blessed. Jesus Christ died on the cross so that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, all people, so that they might receive, that we might receive the promised spirit through, the, through faith. The spirit we know helps us to know God, yeah. right? So that the spirit is a blessing to help, to help us know God more intimately. <clears throat> yeah. So the promise of the blessing to Abraham reached its fulfillment in Christ, mm. right? And now redemption from sin and reconciliation to God can go out to everybody. Yeah. It's available to everybody. Uh, this is a a true blessing. Yeah, true it's blessing. awesome. Guys, Genesis 12 is such a key passage for the, like the whole Bible, like the grand story of that God is writing. It starts like right there in Genesis 12. There's a promise that he is going to bless all people through Abraham. And we come to find out it is Jesus. We're going to jump to Exodus chapter 5. This is a story that a lot of us are familiar with. Um, the story of how the, uh, the people of Israel, their exodus out of Egypt. And in verse 1 of chapter 5, uh, this is, it says, Afterward, Moses and Aaron went and said to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, who is the Lord 
that I should obey his voice and let Israel go. I do not know the Lord. And moreover, I will not let Israel go. So here in this passage, it's like Pharaoh receives a command from God. God is saying, Pharaoh, worldly leader, let my people go. And Pharaoh's response is, and I think his response is, maybe even a question like I would challenge a lot of us in the room that we need to ask in our, in our own hearts about who is this global God, okay? This is a question we're answering today, okay? You may already think you have some things that you know about him, but who is the Lord? This is Pharaoh's response. Who is Yahweh? He knows his name, but who is he? What an invitation to God right here early in scripture, early in God's story where Pharaoh is saying, who is the Lord? God's saying, Oh, I'm going to show you. <laughs> Exodus 9, go to chapter 9. This is part of the, at, towards the end of the story. We all know, uh, some of us know that God sent plagues on Egypt. He's sending these plagues so that to convince Pharaoh to let my people go. But Pharaoh says his heart was hardened right before the last plague in chapter 9. One of my favorite passages of scripture here. I'm going to say that a lot today, by the way. Um, verse 13, then the Lord said to Moses, rise up early in the morning and present yourself before Pharaoh and say to him, thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, let my people go that they may serve me. For this time, I will send all my plagues on you yourself and on, and on your servants and your people. Why? Why, Why is he going to send the plagues? So that you may know that there is none like me in all the earth. He keeps going. For by now I could have put out my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence and you would have been cut off from the earth. But for this purpose, I have raised you up to show you my power so that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. Exodus chapter nine, verse 16. Go ahead and mark it down, highlight it, underline it, something. We're about to come back to that when we get to Joshua. But right here in verse 16, God is letting Pharaoh know two things. He says, I'm going to send my plagues on your people. I will deliver my people out of your slavery for two reasons. There's one on the next slide. So that you may know that there is none like me in all the earth. So he's talking to Pharaoh. So you, Pharaoh, may know that there's none like me. And then he says, so that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. So God here in Exodus, you're starting to see his global mind here. He's not just focused on a, a certain people, but he's starting to say, I'm introducing myself, yes, Pharaoh, to you and to Egypt, but I'm also going to, out of delivering my people from Israel, I'm also going to introduce myself to the whole world. People are going to hear about how I deliver my people. Yeah. God is making his, his fame is starting to spread. And we're going to see some of that a little bit later. Yeah. And then even later in Exodus, in Exodus 34, 10, God is speaking with Moses and uh, he's getting the 10 commandments again. And he says, uh, I say again because, well, you go back and read yeah, the story. Yeah, yeah. So Moses, Moses is, yeah, that's another sermon. Uh, Moses is getting the Ten Commandments from God, and God says, Behold, I am making a covenant, a promise, right? Uh, before all your people, before all your people, that's Israelites, I will do marvels such as not been created, have not been created in all the earth or in any nation, and all the people among whom you are shall see the work of the Lord, for it is an awesome thing that I will do with you. So he's saying, not only am I gonna like display my, my might and my power yeah. uh, among you, I'm gonna do it so that everybody that's around you, they look, they've left Egypt and now they're working their way towards the promised land and they're among a whole bunch of people who don't know the Lord, who yeah. don't worship the Lord. And he's saying, I'm going to uh, basically use my relationship with you, yeah. right? I'm gonna bless you, but I'm gonna do it 
to reveal myself to the nations, right? To be a blessing to them as well. It's really cool to be able to yeah. see the work of the Lord. Yeah. And you, you know, they've already been delivered through the Red Sea and you're like, what else yeah. is he gonna do? Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. like, that's gonna be crazy. Yeah. But God is revealing himself in his works, doing marvelous and amazing things. We talked about one way of knowing God is through his deeds and yeah. his works that both Israel and the surrounding nations yeah. would know him. Yeah, you're starting to see this theme in Scripture. Not just Israel, not just his people, before the nations. We're going to jump to Leviticus, and I promise you we're not going to go through every book of the Old Testament, but we've hit the first three. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 34, you're starting, this is part of like some of that Levitical law coming out. You shall treat the stranger who sojourns with you as the native among you, and you shall love him as yourself. This is part of the commandment early on. This is from the start. This is not from, uh, it didn't start in the New Testament. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. It's repeated again in, in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, I can't say the word. Chapter 10, verse 19. Love the sojourner, therefore, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. So there's this recurring theme all throughout the Bible. God is revealing his love and his pursuit. Once again, not just for Israel, God's chosen people, but for the foreigner, for the outsider, for the visitor, for the surrounding nations. He's, his fame is starting to spread. Um, so if you underlined in Exodus 9, uh, chapter 16, or verse 16, this is why. Once again, one of my favorite passages, Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. This is a story of, of Jericho, okay, and Rahab the prostitute. Verse 1, and Joshua the son of Nun sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, go view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and lodged there. So you see this, God sends... Uh, Joshua command and says, hey, send out two spies, go to the land of Jericho. We got to go see what's going on. Okay. And they, there Rahab lodges them. So they're staying at Rahab's place. Go to, uh, skip down a couple of verses, uh, verses eight and nine. Before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the man, I know that the Lord has given you the land. I love this. It, it, in this, like, the Lord Yahweh, like she knows his name. Rahab, she wasn't there when God delivered uh, the Israelites out of Egypt. She wasn't present. She, didn't, she wasn't there. I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of you has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to Sihon and Og, whom you devoted to construction as, and as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord, your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. Do you remember what God told Pharaoh in Exodus chapter nine? Okay, God told Pharaoh that I'm gonna deliver my people. I'm gonna send plagues so that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. And here we are some 40 years later in another land, Rahab the prostitute is saying, I have heard of your God. I heard how God delivered you, you out of Egypt. I heard what God did to the Egyptian army. Yeah. And matter of fact, your God, your Lord, Yahweh, he is the one true God. God's plan is working. So we're seeing God's plan in action. There's a slide here. God's plan in action. In Exodus chapter nine, he tells Pharaoh so that my name will be proclaimed in all the earth. Joshua two, here's Rahab proclaiming, for we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea when you came out of Egypt. The plan 
is working. There was no Facebook, okay? No one videoed the, the Red Sea crashing down on the uh, Egyptian army and posted it. And you got people in Jericho liking and sharing. Egypt, like, Egypt, Egypt and Jericho are not border, no, border countries. No, there's so no phone calls. Something has happened. It didn't yeah. hit the CBS evening news that day. No, like word of mouth, people sharing the story. God's fame is spreading all over. Like you're starting to see God is not just this local God. He is becoming the global God. And it's something that we have to understand. It's not just in New Testament. It's in the Old Testament. Yeah. And he has, and he has multiple representatives throughout scripture. And so we're going to move into 1 Samuel uh, 17 and verse 45 through 46. This is a very familiar story to us of David and Goliath, right? And here, David, we know is a, just a, he's a shepherd boy, a shepherd boy at this time, right? Um, he's already, he's going to be future king because he's a, a man after God's own heart. What is God's heart, right? But David knows what that is. It is that God is known, that God is proclaimed. And here he is, he's going to be fighting a, a giant of a man. And here in the, here in the story, we say, then David said to the uh, Philistine, Goliath, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in what? The name of the Lord, the name of Yahweh, the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. That's the really important part there, whom Goliath has defied. Uh, this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand. Why? Why? So yeah, so that David can become king. Yeah, so that David's no. no. That all the earth may know that there's a God in Israel. Mm-hmm. So Goliath comes with weapons of war, right? But David understands. We don't have a mention here. He's not like, I showed up with some rocks and a sling. He says, I come in the name of the Lord. I, I realize that that is um, where the results come from, right? That it's not going to be... Um, from my own hand that you get glory, right? God is the hero here. It's not David. And I think we, we spent a lot of time in Samuel last year, and I think that's the, the thing that was reiterated all the time is David is not the hero. God is the hero. But what David does understand in this passage is that this is a spiritual battle, right? We don't battle with flesh and blood. The whole point of our talking about proclaiming the gospel around the world is because the battle is, is spiritual. It's not flesh and blood. And David understood this was a spiritual battle God was going to defend his own name and his honor and his glory to those who defy it, okay? Um, yeah. Like I said, heroes, God, and love it. I, it, that doesn't change throughout Scripture. Yeah, I love that the battle is, is spiritual. If it's depending on how good I am and how good you are and how good we can proclaim it, it's not going to be good. This is why Jesus says that all authority is given to me and I'm with you. Yeah. So we have the authority of Jesus when we go. First King, so uh, David had a son. We just talked about David. David had a son. His name is Solomon, okay? In First Kings chapter 8, verse 57 through 60, this is Solomon's prayer. Solomon, very wise man, very rich man. Solomon, the Lord our God be with us as he was with our fathers. May he not leave us or forsake us that he may incline our hearts to him to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes and his rules, which he commanded our fathers. Such a beautiful prayer. Let these words of mine with which I have pleaded before the Lord be near to the Lord our God day and night. And may he maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel each day as each day requires. Why? First Kings chapter eight, verse 60. That all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God. There is no other. Solomon gets it. 
Okay, David did a great job, I guess. I'm not going to talk to him. I don't know how David fathered Solomon. But um, Solomon gets it. Okay, he's not perfect, but he gets it. He says that Solomon, he, in this prayer, he's asking the Lord to be with them. He's asking, like, bless us with your, like, manifest your presence, like um, Mitchell was talking about last week. And he's asking to, God, empower us to walk faithfully in you, like, with you, God. This is a great prayer. Well, I'm sure we pray prayers like this all the time. But why? So that God would just you know, be pleased with Israel or that Israel could just, you know, be comfortable, like we're good, you know, no. Solomon says that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God. There is no other. That's right. That's right. And it, you have, biblical history is really beautiful. So I encourage you to, to work through it at some point. But what you'll have in, in the kingdom, uh, in God's kingdom here with, with Israel and his people uh, is that you have most of the kings are not great. Right. They, they don't have a heart yeah. learning, uh, leaning on the Lord. Yeah. But we get to 2 Kings 19 and just kind of following suit of David and Solomon. Uh, Hezekiah was also a king over God's people. And, and really, he started out his, he really started out his reign really well. Yeah. Um, he, he had a really a, a strong heart for the Lord. But later on in his, um, in his, uh, Rain, yeah. rain, that's the right word. Um, he started to receive threats from uh, the nation of Assyria, right? And so Assyria was going to come to attack him. And Assyria was like Goliath, like on, on nation level, right? They, they had already gone around and defeated a whole bunch of people. And they realized that like all these other nations had their own little gods. And so they, they came to Israel like flexing, like we already defeated these gods and your God is just the same as all these other ones. And so it's not that big of a deal and we're gonna come and crush you. So they send a, a letter to Hezekiah to, to tell him we're coming. It says here, Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah, what happened? He went up to the house of the Lord and he took that letter and he spread it before the Lord because he knew who the Lord was. And he said, oh Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned above the cherubim, you are the God, you alone of all the kingdoms of the earth. Why? Because you made heaven and earth. Talking about knowing God, he is creator. Incline your heart, your ear, O Lord, and hear, open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Hear the words of Sennacherib, who has sent uh, this letter, basically, to mock the living God, right? There it is, that define again. So, truly, O Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste the nations, and their lands and have cast gods into the fire for they were not gods but the work of men's hands wood and stone that it's really happened but therefore they were destroyed but oh now lord oh god our lord our god save us please from his hand in order right <laughs> why yeah. that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you O lord are god alone so here it is again. Hezekiah recognizes that a challenge from Israel's enemies was an opportunity for God's power to be known, God, God's honor and his fame to be spread. So he asked for God's deliverance from, from the Assyrian army so that all the nations would know that he is the Lord alone. Yeah, that's so good. You're starting, you may be thinking. Is there a theme? Yeah. Everybody knows the theme here? Yeah, you're probably like, Matthew, Tommy, y'all need to stop right now. Like you're just saying the same exact thing over and over again. And that is exactly what we're saying. Okay. It's like, that is the point. <laughs> so if you think we're repeating, it's and we're because not we are. We're not stopping. Uh, we're not, not going to stop for just yeah. a little bit more. All right. So First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 23 and 20, or yeah, verse 23 and verse 24. 
Uh, this is a, a song, and it says, Sing to the Lord all the earth, tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. So this is David writing, and it's actually David writing a song. Okay, so David the songwriter. Shout out to all the songwriters in the room. But David's writing a song, and this, if these words look familiar, it's because they actually, they, they are. They, this is Psalm 96. Okay, so you may be thinking, oh, I've seen this before. But David here is writing a song of praise and thanksgiving. That is like his purpose of writing this song. And in this song for praise and thanksgiving, he mentions the nations. Right here, he says, sing to the Lord all the earth, not just Israel. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. David understands. He understands God's heart is not just for him. It's not just for his people. It's not just for the people that he's over, but it's for all the, it's for all the nations, all the peoples. And so he's understanding that God wants all people to know him and to worship him. It's a theme we're seeing throughout the Old Testament. And yeah. we see more of it in the Psalms. And the, yeah, yeah, especially in the Psalms, there's, um, we're gonna tell you, there's 175 references right. to the nations in the Psalms. Uh, so you have Psalm 911 and Psalm 4610, right? Psalm 911, sing your praises to the Lord. Anybody know Rich Mullins? Is that? Yeah, yeah we got a couple of people, okay. Um, Rich Mullins, the original worship leader. Um, he has a song, sing your praises to the Lord, and I've had to educate Matthew a little bit on it. Um, oh, he's, it's not like the most like, you just got to realize it's coming from the heart with Rich, okay? So he's got a song, Sing Your Praises to the Lord. Yeah, it's a noise. And so, Sing Your Praises to the Lord who sits enthroned in Zion. What? Tell among the peoples his deeds. This is, this is Old Testament evangelism, okay? That's what this is. Tell among the peoples his deeds, right? It's not a, it's not a we're, we're coming to destroy you. It's a, look, yeah. sing. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a joy to it. Israel would sing this song, right? So this is a song for Israel. They would sing the song and they would be reminded to be proclaiming the deeds of the Lord, not just among themselves, but to the nations, right? It's if David is uh, inviting the nations to worship with them, saying like, come and worship with us, right? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Um, worship of the Lord is such a beautiful thing. And uh, John Piper, he, he calls this thread that we're talking about in the Old Testament, he calls it the um, atmosphere of hope, okay? So AJ sent me a verse this morning and it was about that, um, that in, in Christ, in the resurrection of Christ, we have a living hope, right? That's the proclamation here, that the, the hope is here and it's for the nations and it's, a, it's alive, right? It's not just like a, a dead hope, like we're just wishful thinking. There's a, there is like a steadfastness of the Lord. There's a faithfulness of him. Uh, that we are banking on. And the nations will know, right? Like this is uh, the second part here. We, we know this part here about being still. It's interesting, we, we sing and we be still. There's like two commands here, right? So there's like a, a, a worship and also a, a realization that be still and know that I'm God. And usually we stop there, right? But the reason we know that God is God is because he will, he will be exalted among the nations. He will be exalted in the earth. This is really what we can bank on here is that God is saying, I will finish what I said in Genesis 12. Yeah. The promise I made to Abraham, I will bring it to completion. And something I wanted to point out was that like this was God's original design, right? Sin, sin jacked all this up, right? 
Originally, we were created in Genesis 1, you go back, we were created in his image, right? We were created in the image of God. That means we're image bearers. That means that God wants us to reflect him in the world. And he said, what's he say? Be fruitful, multiply. So you're not just gonna be an image bearer by yourself. Your kids are gonna do the same thing. He does command this, pass this on. And then he says, like, have dominion, right? Like, he has dominion. He wants it on earth. So he created this at the beginning, and then um, we can't really blame Adam and Eve because we would have done the same thing. But they, we do, they, the, same thing. We do the same thing, right? <laughs> it's obvious. Um, they, in their sin, they, they broke this. Uh, and this wasn't, like, it, you know, a plan B, no. right? This, like, oh, okay, well, I'll send Jesus then or yeah. whatever. No, God, God, through Jesus, is redeeming these things. Yeah. He's pulling us back to our original creation that we would glorify him in the world. Yeah. Yeah. We don't get to Matthew 28 and that's God changing his mind. Yeah. Like he's right. been, he's wanting his fame for all people, his salvation for all people from the start. They're from the start. Yeah. So Psalm 67, this is our core passage. We're going to go back to it. Okay. Verses one through three, may God be gracious to us and bless us, make his face shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you. Oh God, let all the peoples praise you. So here's a prayer that probably a lot of us, uh, you know, in some way, shape or form that we pray ourselves. Like we say, God, bless us, bless us. show yourself to, to, to us. This is a great prayer. Okay, we love these, these prayers, but why? Like that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. What a perspective. Like this should, this should change our perspective. Like, do we pray like this? Okay. Do we pray, God, bless me, bless my family, bless my work, bless uh, our church. This changes the way that we pray and even about like, yes, the global church, but even ICC, like God bless ICC. Why? So that we would be great. So people just know about us and like, oh, that's a great church. No, like bump that. Like, so that the nations will know that, and that Memphis will know, that our community, that our neighborhoods will know, that our coworkers will know, and like the, all the peoples will know that the Lord God, He is God, yeah. and that His fame is spreading, and that people get to experience His salvation. This changes the way we, we pray. Like, we should pray, bless us, yes, but for that others will know, like all peoples will know you. Yeah, and, and God makes this clarification in Isaiah 49. Um, he, he's speaking to Israel through, through Isaiah and he says, it, it is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribe of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. What is it? He says, I will make you Israel as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth or to the end of the earth. God, God will raise up and preserve Israel. And that, we praise God for that because our blessing comes through Christ and Christ comes out of Israel, right? So God does raise and preserve Israel, but there's a point, right? That they would be a light for the nations, right? right? And uh, I remember David mentioned this last year. He's like, Israel kind of forgot. Like yeah. they, they, they forgot that they were the ones to be the light of God's truth to the nations. Um, and you kind of see that played out in Acts, right? In Acts uh, 1347, the apostle Paul, he's been going to the Jewish people and he's like been testifying to the gospel and they keep rejecting him, yeah. right? They keep rejecting him. And so he decides to move to the Gentiles and he actually references this passage. And it says that when he references this part of the passage, I'll, I'll make you a light to the nations as his reason for going to the Gentiles. And it says that when the Gentiles heard this, the nations heard this, uh, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. 
right? And many of them believed and the, and the word just kept spreading from that point on. So God desires our hearts to be receptive um, to, to his word, but it, realize that it's not, that light is not for just one group of people. So I, I think this is, I want to say at this point, I think this is clarifying for us as well, okay? So for us as um, American, I'm American, so I can, I can, yeah. uh, we, we already talked about, we're preaching the sermon to ourselves. This is, uh, right. you guys, uh, you guys are just here for it as well. Um, uh, but we, we're preaching it to ourselves. We, we're, as Americans, we're very individualized, right? We, we understand that we have a personal relationship with Jesus, right? Yeah. No, nothing necessarily wrong with that word, but it does reflect our own culture mm-hmm. of individualism. And my heart this morning is to help us move away from that, move away from that kind of me only or me and Jesus uh, mentality and realize that we, there's a purpose in our redemption, right? There's a purpose in the reason that we've been, uh, that as we talked about, we have this living hope and that living hope is for us to be a light to the nations, right? Think about how much we've been blessed. Our our worship this morning is just a reflection of the blessings in our life. and in that vein, God is concerned that what his salvation, what we've experienced, that it, it reaches to everybody, yeah. reaches to the ends of the earth. Yeah, yeah. so good. Um, so we're going to move on to Ezekiel chapter 36. Uh, I promise you we're going to be ending the Old Testament really soon. It says, therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, it is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I'm about to act, but for the sake of my holy name which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which had been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned among them. And the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when through you I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. So earlier you were to mention that the kings that we're kind of talking about, they've been kind of the obedient kings, and there's a lot of disobedient kings. In this time in Israel's history, they are disobeying the Lord God. They're following after other things. And God is saying like, hey, Israel, you're my people. I'm going to discipline you and I'm going to vindicate my holiness. Why? One, so that his holiness is, like his holiness is not gonna be mocked, okay? He's about to make an example. He's gonna say like, I'm gonna vindicate my holiness. But also he clearly says, and the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God. So we've been talking a lot about God bless us, bless us, bless us. And so through the obedience of Israel, God does bless Israel, okay, for that the nations will know who he is. But we also see that what if Israel is disobedient? What if Israel is not not following after what God says? Okay, God says, oh, guess what? I'm going to discipline you. Guess for the reason. The same reason why I bless you, so that all the nations will know that I am the Lord God. And I love it that it's either in obedience or disobedience that we see God making his, his name go to the yeah. nations. They learn, they learn about who he is. And we, and we see that, that same idea in Habakkuk 2.14, where yeah. that, that knowledge about God, yeah. it will fill the earth. I think we sang this in a song this morning. Um, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. That can come from... Um, the hope yeah. from the grace, the mercy of God, but it also can come through the judgment. Now, our hope is, and I think it's God's hope as well from Second Peter, or First Peter, there's in Peter's, one of Peter's <laughs> letters. He, you know, he says the Lord's patience is that they, that the, all the nations come to him, right? That yeah. he desires for their repentance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but as, as you said, the, this is gonna be about the nations learning yeah. who God is in one way or another. Yeah. Um, God's purpose in his covenant with Israel was that, all the nations, right? We've 
can't. It's just the same thing. That they become aware of his presence, his power, his person. uh, And it just all goes back to what creation, right? That's what we're saying. Like Genesis 1 model that God created, it will happen again, right? The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Yeah. All right. Last passage in the Old Testament. All God's people said, amen. All right. Malachi chapter 1, verse 11, the last book of the Old Testament. Malachi says, God says through Malachi, for from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be great among the nations. And in every place, incense will be offered to my name in a pure offering. For my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. There's not much preaching to this passage. It preaches itself. God is promising that my name will be great among the nations. And I love that he tells Malachi this because what we know, just, just factual stuff, is that uh, Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament and that before the New Testament, there's like this 400 years of silence. We talk about that a lot during the Christmas time before the coming of Jesus, okay? So I'm not saying this is the last words of God, but like some of his last words that he speaks to his, to his people, Israel. And he's saying, my name will be great among the nation, among the nations. Don't forget it. And then the storyline picks back up with the coming of Jesus. And I just love how that connects there. Um, so, all right, we are done with Old Testament scripture. Um, just to uh, remind you of our core truth, there is a global thread. This is clear now. Global thread running throughout all of scripture. We know, we know the New Testament passage, Great Commission. We're gonna get to some of that a little bit later. Revealing the big picture of God's story that the nations know the Lord and be glad in him. So this is not just a New Testament idea. It's from the Old Testament, God's original design that we talked about. So at this point, guys, we could turn to the uh, New Testament. We could go to Matthew 28. We could go to the Great Commission. Go, the, go there for make disciples of all nations. Like we could, we could go there. But I feel like we would potentially be overlooking one of the key purposes, probably the key purpose of the nations knowing God. And it's the last part of our core truth. And it's underlined in this one. But that, pers- that purpose is worship. It is about worship, okay? That the nations, this is the, the big picture of God's story is yes, that the nations know the Lord but it, and be glad in him. Let the nations be glad. We don't, want pe- we don't want the nations and all peoples just to know about God. We want them to know God, like you were talking earlier, like to experience him and to be able to worship him. So yeah, that the nations know the Lord and be glad in him. Yeah. And, and it picks up right with that, after that 400 years of silence, we begin the gospels with worship, right? right? Like praise, like come let us adore him was was our last series, right? So we we pick up with worship. The shepherds are coming to worship. The angels are coming to worship. The magi are coming to worship. Mm -hmm. Um, Think about your your own worship this morning, right? Why Why do you engage in the worship that you engage in? Or why do you not engage in the worship, yeah. right? It's, it's, it could be two, a two-part there. Uh, part of it is that, well, the main, the main part of it is, is that we do it based on uh, what we know about God, what we have experienced with him, right? Not to make it emotional, but to yeah. like, to say God is real. I'm in a relationship with him. Yeah. And so he has made himself known to us. Um, but the more we know God, the more we worship him. Mm-hmm. That's a great a great thing. Yeah. The more we, the more we wor- uh, know him, we worship him. And you have our first part was God desires all people to know him, but God desires all people to worship him. Yeah. Now, um, one of the things that God has revealed about himself in the Old Testament is that he is a jealous God, 
right? So it, we, don't, we don't talk about that a lot because it's like, oh, that's, a, that's weird because jealousy is bad, right? Like, um, well, there is actually a healthy jealousy, right? So my wife is over there and um, we, have, we have a, a relationship that we like to protect, right? And so that means that um, we can actually be jealous for that relationship and say like, we're not gonna invite a third party into this relationship, whether that's like through adultery or through pornography or whatever. We, we are, in our jealousy, we protect that covenant that we've made with one another. Yeah. That is God, okay? God is saying, I'm going to protect this covenant that I have with you, that's why I'm jealous. But the reason why is because he knows that he is our greatest good, okay? My wife is great for me, but she's not my greatest good, right? And the quicker we learn that about each other, we're not the greatest good for each other, the more we can point out that God is. So it's not arrogant for God to say, hey, come worship me, because God knows that in that is our greatest good. He is our greatest good. We, we see the value in him, and we, we hearken back to that Genesis 1, right? It's grace. Yeah. So there's an emphasis on Scripture that in scripture that uh, the nations worship him as well, right? Um, God has awesomely provided us a large book of worship songs yeah. called <laughs> Psalms. And as we mentioned earlier, there's 175 references to the nations in those Psalms. So we're just gonna look at three of those real quick. Um, Psalm 22, 27 through 28 says, all the ends of the earth shall remember, I'm wondering like, are they hearkening back to that Genesis one? Yeah. Shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families, there's that Genesis 12 language again. All the families of the nations shall bow before you for kingship belongs to the Lord and he rules over the nations. So it's been said like a right theology and I'm not telling you guys seminary, but a right theology leads to a right doxology, okay? So we, the, what we know about God is, is what we worship about God. So he is worthy of worship because he created all things. He holds all things together, right? He is over all things. And Isaiah, uh, I don't have this passage. This is in 40, Isaiah 40, 28. Um, he's, Isaiah just asked this question. It's kind of like a, it's kind of a duh question. But he said, do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth, not just Israel. He never becomes faint or weary. There is no limit to his understanding. Um, I heard someone say that the, the, the universe is this vast universe that we live in, right? We're like so small, but um, the vast universe that we live in is, is one of God's thoughts, yeah. one of his thoughts, right? And, and our, our hope in like space navigation, right, is to get out there and find out and explore. And the pictures that we take are like just small, <laughs> small of like what's actually out there, right? Um, God is big. And, and that's what we want to see. God is a big God. He's bigger than us. And yet he comes down. He, he, he wants the nations to know him. Uh, and, and then there's the exhortation in Psalm 117. Uh, Praise the Lord, all nations, extol him, all peoples, for great is his steadfast love toward us. That's including all of us. Um, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. So even though God is great and can create this universe that is that blows our mind, we we His understanding is without end. Ours is like immediately ending. We're like, what now? You know, and like that's about as far as we get. Uh, God 
in all that greatness still comes down to us and he provides steadfast love and his faithfulness to us. And this is praiseworthy. This is what we want the nations to see. And I love what the uh, ESV Bible study, uh, study Bible here says. When Israel sang this song in faith, they would recall both their privileged position, their blessing, and their reason for existence. Isn't that crazy? It's awesome. So Paul quotes 117, this psalm in uh, Romans 15, 11, and he's using it as part of his argument for, for the Gentiles and Jewish Christians to come together, to welcome one another, to worship together, right? So this is his, his exhortation for that. And then one more in Psalm 148. Uh, it's an exhortation to all of creation. And if you didn't know it, all of creation is, uh, all, of creation. all of creation is singing, <laughs> yeah. singing the praises to the Lord. Um, and we're, we're like the only part of creation that doesn't, you know, like yeah. naturally. Yeah. So all of creation is uh, come to work, worship God. And there at the end of all that is us, right? Kings of the earth. You might find yourself in here. Kings of the earth, anybody in here? Kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord for he, for his name. Not the name of the kings, not the name of the princes. His name alone is exalted. His majesty is above heaven and earth. Praise the Lord. So there's rejoicing in these songs. There's worship in these songs. And, and this moves us from our knowledge you have to know about God um, leads to worship. Yeah. To know about his works and deeds leads to worship. To know about his attributes and character. To know who he is in relation to us. To know who we are in relation to him. To experience him yeah. leads to worship. And that's why we're emphasizing this, this aspect of worship is because God is emphasizing it coming out of the knowledge of him. Yeah. So when we come to the word worship, I do wonder what we think of, right? Yeah. Like we might be like, well, it's what Robbie did this morning or led us in this morning. Um, and that's not wrong. But, there, but worship is our whole life, okay? Worship is more than a song. I think there's a song called that. Um, worship is not admiring God from a distance, okay? And so when we talk about knowing God, we see a movement here. Um, this is why we study scripture. This is why we long to know him more in his scripture yeah. is because that knowledge will help us know who he is and bring us to worship. And last week, uh, I told Mitchell, I was giving him a lot of shout outs today. Last week, uh, Mitchell said, what if we begin to understand our personal devotion as an act of worship, right? It's a great challenge, right? It's, a, it's about enjoying God. It's about knowing him and enjoying him. Uh, true, true worship is not just saying, God, you are worthy, okay? But it is an, it's an active response to him. Now, I'm not, we're, we're not a charismatic church from what I can tell. So I'm, like, I'm not asking you to like, raise your hand or, or run in the aisle or whatever, but there is a, um, there is a rejoicing. There is a singing, um, a dancing all into worship. Um, there is praising. There is bowing down before God. There's lifting your eyes up to God. Even mourning and repenting can be worship. Um, serving God, seeking God, Expressing gratitude to him, proclaiming his attributes, his words of truth, loving people as he has loved you, enjoying him. These are all acts of worship. We were to, like, what did, what did Jesus say? The greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with, that he doesn't leave out any part of you, right? With your whole being. And so, like Mitchell, I'm going to follow suit. What if we begin viewing our evangelism as an act of worship, okay? We're proclaiming the good news of 
the king. It's not just a duty where we're like, oh, the Great Commission said, we gotta go. It's, we, we have this new perspective of seeing evangelism as an act of worship and it changes the way we do evangelism. So, I didn't put it up here, but evangelism is an act of worship. The goal of going to the nations is worship among the nations. So when we talk about um, like making disciples, um, we're just talking about making follower, like fellow worshipers right. of God, right? right. Um, so y'all are like, man, he's talking forever. You're right, <laughs> I, got a, I got a long part here. Listen to our songs of worship, okay? How great thou art. O Lord my God, when I, in awesome wonder, consider all the works of thy hand, thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed, then sings my soul. When I see those things, then sings my soul. My Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. And then a song we sing a lot here, who, O Lord, could save themselves, their own soul could heal. Our shame was deeper than the sea, your grace is deeper still. You alone can rescue, you alone can save, you alone can lift us from the grave. You came down to find us, led us out of death. To you alone belongs the highest praise, right? The highest praise. So we have this core truth again up here, just so you guys can see it. We just keep, keep it before you. These songs remind us of the gladness that we have in God. Psalm 1611, right? Uh, Psalmist is saying there, God, you have made known to me the path of life. You, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. Yeah. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So, last thing I'll say here in this part, back to our core measure here at ICC. Our active involvement in making disciples of all nations, which means like seeing the gospel spread and churches planted around the world, locally and around the world, is about us inviting others into this same experience of God, the same worship of God, That's right? That's it. I love that. Because, um, yeah, it, it, is, it is truly about uh, experiencing God and worshiping God. And um, we, we say, like, the goal of taking the gospel to, to all the peoples is worship from all peoples, okay? Not just worship from us. Not just worship people at ICC, but worship from all people. Psalm 67, verse 5, part of our core passage says, Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Psalm 117 that you just mentioned. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, which I like, I love the word extol. It says to praise enthusiastically. Extol him, all people. So God desires and is worthy. He is worthy of the praise and the worship from every human heart. And Tommy, that includes you. That includes me. That includes all of us in this room. God is worthy of your worship. God is worthy of your life. He includes everyone online listening. It includes the person uh, in, in Europe, in, in Africa, in Australia, like the person in the most remote area who doesn't even speak my language. And I, I, I probably will never meet this person in my whole life. God is worthy of their heart and their devotion and of their worship. God is a worthy God. Like, do we understand who he is? Do you understand the global God? Um, I, I, I do want to talk about like, here's the difference. Here's the difference between us and uh, a large portion of people who who do not know and are not worshiping God, okay? We have the ability here, if you proclaim to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you say, I have repented of my ways and I have 
I have faith in Jesus on the cross and like, God, I, like, I love you. You're following after his own heart. We have the ability by the blood of Jesus to worship and to praise him. We've done that today. We do that throughout the week. You know, the joy that we have when we worship and praise, we have the ability to do that. We have that ability because we had access to the redeeming, life-changing message of the gospel. Someone, someone told you the gospel, okay? Faith comes through hearing, the word says. Someone told us, aren't, like, aren't we thankful that someone in our life verbally told us the message of the gospel? And the difference is that there's a large portion of humanity, Tommy, that I think we're gonna talk more about in Gomath, but I just wanna introduce it here, that the global God is pursuing, okay? And if the global God is pursuing, then we as people who say, I'll follow God, we should be pursuing. When we understand who God is, we understand what we should be doing. But there's a large portion of humanity, and to be more specific, over a third of the human population, and to be even more specific than over a third, around three billion people with a B, like, we don't understand, we can't even understand that amount of like people who do not have access to the gospel. Therefore, they do not have the ability to worship and to praise God. Okay. When we talk about people who don't have access, Tommy, we're not talking about people who have heard the gospel and rejected it. We're talking about people who have never heard the gospel. And even if they wanted to hear it, Tommy, they could not hear it. Okay, that should stir in our hearts. And I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, strum your like feelings today. I'm not trying to do that. But like, if we truly have the spirit of God upon us, it should, it should stir us that there's people in this world who are curious about God. They, like, it says in Romans, like they, it, we can see creation. We can see, they can see a sunset. They can see a meteor shower. They can see something that makes them curious about like, oh, like, wow, there's a God. There has to be a God. Like, I wish I knew more about them, but they don't have the ability. Yep. Like no one's gone to tell them the gospel that someone in America has told you. A and I'm not, times. yeah, a thousand times. How many times did I have to hear the gospel for me to say, oh, wow, like I am repenting, Okay. Access is a big thing. Once again, I'm not trying, I, I, we're not trying to uh, convince you to quit your job and go, okay? I'm not trying to say that. What I am saying is that as, as believers and followers of Jesus Christ, and as people who say we follow God, we should be actively involved, actively involved in seeing the gospel spread in churches planted at home and around the world. Uh, this is why Romans 10, 13 through 15 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Praise God. Not just for Israel, not just for uh, us here in the room, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How, will they, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach without, unless someone is sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Yeah. The good, yeah, they're beautiful. They're beautiful feet. I yeah. think that's the thing. We think about any time that we've, we've received good news or if we even talk about uh, who that person was that led us to Christ or who testified to the goodness of God or who, who discipled us and helped us to know God and worship him uh, more. Those are beautiful feet, right? Because they are the bearers of good news. They're the ones, it says proclaimers, it's those who are worshiping. Um, our, our hearts really begin to change when we, um, in regards to this challenge, 
like we said, we're preaching to ourselves. The challenge is really to be those with the beautiful feet, yeah. right? To be the ones, whether that's local or not, um, to really, to know, to dive into your personal devotion, to know him. If you're not in a relationship with him, come to him today. Um, but so that we are worshipers yeah. and therefore we are proclaimers. Yeah. Now, here's the deal. Worship, I'm gonna be careful how I say things. Worship is, uh, is not just our, our goal for going to the nations, but it's also our fuel. Now, I, I, it's our fuel for going. I stole this, okay, this is not, this is, we did not come up with this. Uh, John Piper, and I'm gonna paraphrase, um, he says, uh, worship is the fuel for our going to the nations. Passion for God in worship precedes the offering of God in preaching. You can't commend what you don't cherish. Cross-cultural workers will never, we will never call out, let the nations be glad who cannot say from their own heart, I rejoice in the Lord. I will be glad and exult in you alone. I will sing praises to your name, O Most High. Going to the nations begins and ends in worship, right? Like we're, we're, there's not a higher ceiling. Like this is it. We're bringing you to that and and as Piper says there, you really, you can't summon nations to sing a song of worship that you're not singing. Yeah, wow. so good. When we worship, when we worship the one true holy God, the Lord Yahweh, we gain the fuel to go. Yeah. We gain the fuel to be actively involved, okay? Um, let's talk about someone in the Bible, and we are getting close to the end. Let's talk about someone in the Bible um, who experienced this great motivator. Okay, turn to Isaiah. I would challenge you to turn in your Bibles this time. I know you've been writing notes, and, but turn to Isaiah chapter 6. Um, just a little bit about Isaiah, right? Isaiah writes to tell of the hope that God will renew his people. Okay, uh, they have been not, they've been following after other gods. They've been not, um, not, not obedient to God. And Isaiah, and some people are even questioning, it's like, well, is God going to fulfill his promise from Genesis 12? Or is, like, is this the end? Isaiah is saying, though, God is going to renew his people. Don't you worry. And it's for the purpose of attracting the nations and blessing them, Genesis 12. But in Isaiah 6, Isaiah has a vision, okay? Isaiah has a vision where he experiences God. And this is our prayer and my prayer for my heart. It's a prayer. Tom, I'm sure you've been praying it for your heart. And a prayer for us as a church that we would experience God, okay? Let's just read from the scripture. Isaiah 6, verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Uh, uh, that's their only purpose in like create, like they're just flying around the throne saying, holy, 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 the whole earth is full of his glory. And Isaiah is seeing this. In verse four, he says, and the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called and the house was filled with smoke. Isaiah, verse five, and I said, woe is me for I am lost for I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips for my eyes have seen the king. 
the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had with tongs from the altar. We're starting to see a picture of redemption, this picture of, of atonement. Verse seven, and he touched my mouth and said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin atoned for. So here's Isaiah. He sees God in all his glory and in, in all his worthiness. Okay, literally the seraphim are flying around saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And, and they're not just saying that out of exaggeration, but they're saying that because God is actually worthy of people to fly around him 24 seven and say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. I'm sorry to sing a song. Is the whole earth full of his glory. But here's Isaiah's response. And Isaiah says, woe is me for I have seen your glory and how great you are and I am not you. Like it is not good for me. I, I cannot be in your presence. And then there's a picture of atonement and salvation. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ today, you've experienced what Isaiah has experienced. Here's Isaiah's response in verse eight. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? The Lord wasn't talking to Isaiah here. He's just saying, like they had, a, they had something they wanted done. Like I say they, like the, the, the Trinity, the God, God, yeah, sorry. But the one God, he like, who will go for us? And Isaiah, here I am, send me. And I, I just, and I, I'm not gonna like full on preach this passage, but I love this passage because Isaiah did not need a go month. I, I love go month, yeah. love that we do it. Isaiah did not need go month. He didn't need a, a conference. He didn't need a book. He didn't need a podcast. He didn't need anything or anyone else to tell him what he should do and how he should respond. God was saying, who will be actively involved in seeing the gospel spread? It's not actually what God said, but I'm saying, like, how will we, how do, like, have we experienced this God? Have we experienced this almighty, holy, powerful, worthy God? Because if so, if so, then our response is clear. It's not, it shouldn't be, you know, in, in gray, it's very clear. We worship God by committing our lives to take the gospel to all people. And that can be involved in many different ways. And David and Mark Morris are gonna, they'll unpack a lot of that in the coming weeks. We're not gonna really go into that. What I'm not saying is, is sell all your things and move overseas. What I am saying is that there's, there's ways that we can be actively involved, giving, praying, sending, going. We can do all these things. So. So good. It's about worship. Yeah, it is about worship. And th this might seem like a weird foundational talk sermon for Go Month. Yeah. But the reason that, we, that we've moved here is because we know the end. And Lauren read some of that this morning. It's foundational for us because we already know the end of all things, right? We know where this is all going. Revelation uh, 5, 8 through 9 says, when Jesus had taken the scroll the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, before Jesus. And they sang a new song saying, worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals for you were slain. And by your blood, you, what? Ransomed people. You, draw, you drew them into a relationship with you for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And Revelation 7 reiterates that. After I look, behold, a great multitude in heaven around the throne of God, worshiping that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes, peoples, and language, standing before the throne, before the lamb, crying with one loud voice, 
Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. He is worthy and he has blessed us with himself. And he's blessed us with himself so that all the nations would know, yeah. know him and worship him. Yeah. I love, I love it because worship is the start. It, is, it sustains us and it is what we're going to be doing in the end. Okay, it is all about God receiving the glory and the worship of his name. We have to understand who the global God is. We're going to move to a time of response. And um, I, I hope by now that you can see God's heart for all people. God's heart that people would know him, that, that God's heart for people would worship him. Um, but for our response time, I, I really pray that you uh, just in your seats or like in your living room will just consider and, and, and try to like, um, we're not going to form a line down the middle and say like, oh, come sign the dotted line, you know, like, and to be ready to be, to be sent out. Like, we're not going to start with our actions. We're going to start with our hearts. Okay. That's the foundation of our go month. Like whatever week two and week three of go month comes. Okay. We, it's hard to get there if we don't have an understanding of who the global God is and how worthy he is of our own worship. We'll never commend something that we don't cherish ourselves in our own hearts. So I pray today that how we respond is just proclaiming the gospel to our own hearts and proclaiming to our own hearts about who God is and how worthy he is, okay? Um, and I pray that we're like Isaiah. Isaiah. Pray that as we ponder and on our own hearts, as we sing, as we praise, and as we even just fellowship together and worship, and as we walk out these doors to to our to the world and go throughout our next week, that we're pondering and worshiping God in our own hearts, so that we can go out to the world to tell all people. So I'm going to pray. Um, we'll have prayer counselors down front. I'll be down front, um, and uh, please come respond. Even if just respond in worship. That's that's my prayer for you guys. Let's pray. God, thank you for um, just who you are. God, you are the global God and you desire all peoples. Guys, does that include me? Yes. Does that include us in this room? Yes. Does it include the whole world, all the peoples? Yes. God, we uh, just want to worship you this morning. God, you are worthy of all the praise. God, you're worthy of the seraphim flying around your throne 24-7, proclaiming holy, holy, holy is the, is the Lord. The whole earth is full of your glory, God. Proclaim this in our hearts, God, with, through your spirit, God. I pray even now, God, that you would open our eyes, God. Help us, um, give us ears to hear and help us to know and to experience you, God, in a way like Isaiah did in chapter six. God, we do love you and we worship you. You are worthy. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for today's Bible teaching from Island Community Church in downtown Memphis. We want to encourage you to join us in person for worship soon. No podcast can ever replace the good design of God in gathering in person with other believers for worship in a local church. For more gospel resources and ways to connect with ICC, you can visit us at iccmemphis.com. As we close, we offer a prayer of blessing for you from Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Thanks again for joining us.